going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema. This is episode 237, where today we're discussing Old and Snake Eyes. Unfortunately, not Old Snake Eyes, which I thought of an entire movie premise for. <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Grayson Maxwell. I am Roger Stillian. And I'm Christopher Bond. Gentlemen, how are we this week? What's going on? It's Olympics. Still going, baby. Yep. Ooh. Yeah, a lot of them are still going strong. I see the U.S. isn't doing terrible, though. We're like number two or number three seed for overall. Always number one or number two. Are are we always? Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I don't want to watch Olympics. This is America, (laughs) goddammit. America. America. Um, Yeah, so that's that's pretty. I watched some some of of the events. Those are some. I can't get over how talented some of the people are. Does it make you feel completely inadequate about your life? Yes, I mean, just like. Can you imagine, like me saying next to Chris Hemsworth, like I was like, I'm not a man at all, ever. <laughs> this took a weird turn. I love, that, I love that you chose an Australian superhero to be the person you compared yourself to. I know, I, that's the first one I thought of, anyway. But what have you guys been watching? You know, actually, Roger, I have a question for you. So we always talk about movies mm-hmm. whose script couldn't be made today. Mm-hmm. I just watched Grand Torino this week because I was just flipping through HBO Max. I, was like, I haven't seen that in a while. So I watched Grand Torino. Would that script be approved today? With all the with all the racial slurs, he, he I, I think him. so because, I mean, obviously slurs and stuff have become a much more a bigger hot point, uh, talking point and everything. But I think with that movie, I think you still get the same vibe from it. So I think it'd probably be okay. Okay, because there's a lot of like, I mean, he says a lot. I mean, he says terrible shit. He says it's, terrible. It's supposed terrible. to be said in jest and funny and like kind of like relieve the tension. But like, I can imagine people just taking huge offense to that. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, you would be, you'd be correct, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, that's a good movie, though. I just every time I watch it, I'm like, yeah, that's a good. Movie. Yeah, that's a good movie. Well, that also matters, right? If the movie is good, that stuff doesn't get nearly as much heat. I agree with that. Yeah. Properly and respectfully, and you know, in a good movie. What about um, you guys? You watch anything besides what we had to watch for the week? I watched um, something. I just can't remember what it was. Hold well, on. I've been like I said, I've been watching a lot of the Olympics, talking about. He's talking about things that we've watched. I did watch a guy in swimming yesterday break a world record that was set back when they wore the full body swimsuits that have been banned. So I think that's right. pretty incredible because, like, mm-hmm. that they saw they thought most of those records were going to be unbreakable for a very, very long time. So, okay. yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm I'm rewatching uh, Falcon Winter Soldier with my wife. Okay, <laughs> she hasn't seen it all yet. And how how how's she taking it? What, what are her thoughts? She likes it. She likes it a lot. She yeah. likes uh, she likes Winter Soldier. So she's definitely into it. Good. That's I mean that's that's I like those Marvel shows. So coming up, we have one. So we just got that with Loki, obviously. The one oh uh, Hawkeye. That's that's coming up. Yeah, yeah, that's the next one. Yeah, that's in a, what a few months maybe or September. Well, I think in November. It's September, not that far off, right? I didn't think I, so. I, I mean, I have no idea actually. Actually, I'll just check. Hang on. Uh, so the one, there is a meme I saw about the the three Disney Plus film or three Disney Plus series so far mm-hmm. that I thought was pretty hilarious. What's that? Was um that it is a picture of Wanda and Vision and it was like you know brings magic in begins the multiverse and then there's Loki and um what's the girl's name? I completely forget her name. Oh, Sylvie. 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 There's, yeah, there's Loki and Sylvie. It says Masters of Time meets the creator of the meets the multiverse timeline. And then there's a picture of Sam and Bucky's like works on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> I 
yeah, they definitely did work on a boat. No, I thought that was hilarious. That's good. No, that's good. I like that. Yeah, I was just like, perfect. Perfect. That's absolutely perfect. Mm. Disney Plus has some good stuff coming. And we, of course, have, we just talked about Black Widow and recently um, Cruella, which uh, we're going to talk about a little bit today later in the show. Just as a little teaser, but all right, gentlemen. So looking like, for that date here. When the hell is this? I thought I saw it. I, I know it's this year. I don't know. Yeah. You haven't not, not having any, any luck? No, hang on. Disney streaming. Chris, fill time. Oh, fill time? Oh, okay. So there's a countdown. It still says there's 115 days till it comes out. Okay, so maybe that's a little later. That's little, December, little then, right? Away. Yeah. Or uh, late, November twenty fourth. Okay, that's okay. well, that's the same time what frame. Is that, as, Thanksgiving. Yeah, 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 of course, but that's the same time frame as Eternals as well. So, no, um, Eternals is like the fifth, right? So the next Marvel thing we get is what September, uh, Shang Chi. Yeah, yeah, Shang Chi. Well, we get Suicide Squad. That's DC, I understand, but that's still another superhero thing. But yeah, I keep so, on for, I, well, okay, not the same thing. Um, <laughs> like. At all, but well, it's just the other I, side of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, they have so like we talk about all the time. Marvel, Marvel's yet to prove us wrong. They they get a pass. DC has done nothing but prove us wrong, so they don't get a pass. A lot of people are saying this Suicide Squad is is absolutely better than Wonder Woman, which I have a hard time with. Because which Wonder, Wonder Woman, is, Woman? The second Wonder no, no, Woman? No, no, no. The best. This is. They said this is hands down the best of DC ever. Well, yeah. well I, listen. I welcome that. Yeah, I sure it, hope it is. But Wonder Woman sets a high bar for that. It so. only took it only took seven tries and a cast of eighteen different uh, supervillains. But okay, cool. And I also love how interesting. <laughs> I, I also love how it took a Marvel director to come over and do it too. Ooh, that, 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 sure. that, so that tickles me a little bit. Uh, I'll give I'll give Suicide Squad one thing. Right, they don't do the whole trope of like the endless faceless enemy thing, which I don't like about about Marvel. That's my one gripe in all these Marvels. Marvel movies that we watch, they do like one big bad villain that you like, and that's the only real focus, you know, for the quote unquote heroes to overcome. I like that. That's more interesting to me than faceless army gets punched in face a lot. So I get I'm, that. I'm I I no, I totally I can, I can I can understand where you're coming from with that. Yeah, I can I can understand where you're coming from with that. Mm-hmm. All right, so this is episode 237 of For the Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema, which posts each and every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. on Podbean, that's New York Time, which then distributes to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Each and every week, we start with the box office, current upcoming releases, what streaming trailers, and movies of the week. So let's take a look at a box office mojo. Actually, kind of a little shake-up this week. No, to, to, to no one's surprise, Jungle Cruise did very well. It did a domestic the domestic thirty four with a worldwide of sixty one million. Everyone saw yeah, that coming. Thirty four, yeah, no, domestic. It's, it's more money than I thought it'd make. Yeah, yeah, things are definitely making a little more money. Well, that, and that's also it is getting cut. Uh, its knees cut a little bit by its uh, Disney Plus release, right? Yeah, of course. Yes, of course, of course. But that's also on Disney Plus Premier Access now as well, with along with Black Widow still. Mm-hmm. So, all right, The Green Knight six point eight million domestic, bringing in a total of six point seven eight four worldwide old number three one of the movies we're talking about this week 6.8 million bringing in a worldwide of 48 i'm not sure i have a whole lot of good to say about that movie but i'm I'm sure i guess we'll find out we'll we'll talk about it (laughs) Uh, black widow bringing an additional 6.4 million domestic bringing 
343 worldwide. That's not too shabby. There's a Marvel number we, we all know and come to expect. Mm-hmm. All right, number five, Stillwater, 5.1 million. Bring-ins worldwide to 5.1 million. Keep in mind that Stillwater and Green Knight have both gone wider at, at AMC theaters at least. Uh, but it's, it's under their like artesian movies. So it's, I mean, it's a little bit harder of a sell, but I guess they're doing well if they're in the top five, both of them. So that's always a good thing. Let's take a look at some things coming up. So, so okay, so this week, so Green Knight, Jungle Cruise, and Stillwater this past weekend all went wider. Uh, next week, starting off August, we have The Suicide Squad in Vivo. That's on Netflix. We have August 13th, Don't Breathe 2, which I finally saw a full-length trailer for that, and that movie looks pretty dope. I gotta what, say, don't, don't breathe too. Stephen Lang, I love Stephen Lang, and I love what he did. I, I always love what, what what he does. So, don't breathe too. Free guy and respect are all August thirteenth. That's a big week. Wow. August twentieth gives us Finch, Paw Patrol, the movie, The Protege, and Reminiscence, which, by the way, is theaters and HBO Max. What the so, hell is Finch? <laughs> please no say, please say, it's American Pie spinoff. Please, say it's <laughs> I would, I would love that, but it's not. But, you the know, Finch story. Are you, ready yeah. <laughs> for the, are you ready for the cast of Finch? Sure. Tom Hanks, Skeet Ulrich. Uh, how, do we, how do we not know what Finch is with Tom Hanks? What the hell is this? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, on a post-apocalyptic Earth, a robot built to protect the life of the Earth's, of, of the creator's beloved dog learns about life, love, and friendship, what it means to be human. That's probably going to be a better Terminator movie than most of the Terminator movies. Damn it. Hey, that's my line to you. I know. I just thought I'd beat you to it this time. <laughs> Wait, listen. Because you, you were definitely going to say it. So. I was ready for it, yeah. I'm all, for, I'm all for post-apocalyptic anything, and Tom Hanks can do no wrong. So we'll he see is, it. He's a, hell of a, he's a hell of an actor. So, I mean. That's I, an Apple TV Plus movie. Hell yeah. We'll have to get into that one then. That, that week's going to be a busy week because, I mean, like, Reminiscence, The Protégé, Finch are all – I mean, Paw Patrol, are we considering that one a, a big theatrical movie to cover? Yeah, I mean, we talked about that, what, last week about... There still hasn't been a trailer? So I did see some TV stuff finally, and it was on Nickelodeon, like I called. So, so yeah, you called that one then. I mean, yeah. we, that's their audience. So. Yes, oh, well, I mean, who else Who else are they going to market that to? Fucking parents, they ain't going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I know, yeah. Not wrong. And then finishing out August is Candyman, starting September. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings at the Amazon Cinderella. No, sorry, that's that's Marvel, not Amazon. Cinderella is Amazon. As much as, a, as as much so, as I'm gonna hate watching Candyman, I'm I'm actually kind of ready for it. How ready are you for September 10th? Malignant and Queen Pin. I'm, I'm not worried about Queen Pin, but Malignant. I finally saw that trailer for too with James Wan directing. Did you see that Juan. horror trailer? Yeah, Juan? James Juan. Juan. Um. Roger, you're going to love that one. That's a horror movie that looks like very jump scary. So you're going to love that. Great. <laughs> so September 17th, Clifford the Big Red Dog, Cry, Macho. Everybody's talking about Jane, which is Amazon in the eyes of Tammy Faye. I haven't heard about many of them. Let's, uh, let's talk about Clifford and the Big Red Dog for a second. All right. Let's do that. Who the hell cares about this movie? I do. No, you don't. No, you I don't. don't. I lie. <laughs> I, I, I knew you didn't. Get out of here. Like, where, where did this come from? What boardroom director? Well, I will make one statement before you finish your thing. If uh-huh. I had to choose between watching a Paw Patrol movie and a movie about Clifford the Big Red Dog, it's Clifford 100%. Well, that's because that's our stuff. But Clifford, exactly. isn't, but Clifford isn't around now. Of course, so who, he, well, here's the thing. He must be. What 76-year-old 
boardroom guy no. said, you know what we haven't made yet? Clifford and, and one other 76-year-old boardroom guy. Like, yeah, no, you're right. I bet your kids <laughs> – so here's the thing. I bet your kids know who Clifford is. I bet you mine don't. Ask I don't know. Way. I don't know. I would imagine most kids know what Clifford well, is just from being thing, a kid. Though, like those books, those Clifford books, they're still used for teaching all the time because they're well-written for kids. And like their their structure is easy for kids to get into reading. So like that's a big deal for some people. I mean, I know what you're, I hear what you're saying. Is I've never I've heard my kid talk about Clifford zero times. I just just do the Hail Mary. Ask him one day. And be I, like, will. I love this because I know the answer. I love Clifford. I will. What? <laughs> I'm not ready for that. You know what's also weird about so on on September seventeenth, Cry Macho. Another movie we haven't Wait, even heard anything what is about. That? I thought when you said that, I thought the movie was Cry, and then a following movie called Macho. No, it's called. You no, know, we were just. It's called it's, it. it's, it's Cry Macho, but it, it was it's directed by Clint Eastwood. What? Like, how how are we not getting like? What is going on here? I don't. I haven't seen these trailers, but like you're gonna have to, also, re- well, to reset on. this whole episode. <laughs> well, hold on. And all the while, Bond's coming out two years later. You know what I mean? Right. Like. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally get that. It's just. But without promotional material, I mean, how do you expect people to get excited for a movie without getting it out there? Unless they just put it out there to die. I mean, that could be also a thing, too. I mean, it may, maybe they're scrapping on some of this stuff as losses and just rolling with it. Getting it done and out there, paying paying out all their contracts that they owe money on and just, well, you know, these last two years. Well, I mean, this is this. this is them just washing their hands of co- of 2020, I'm sure. Yeah. In 2021, and just saying from here on, we just go, go full something tilt. along the something along those lines at least. Mm. All right. I mean, I'm not. In, I mean, I'm not. This October is pretty heavy with the Many Saints of Newark, Adam's Family Two, No Time to Die, Halloween Kills, mm-hmm. the, the Last Duel. That's directed by Ridley Scott. Another movie that we talked about last week that we haven't seen any promotional stuff for. Dune, Jackass Forever. A trailer for that now. Dune and Jackass for which we look. I've seen Jackass Forever trailer like at least nine times at this yeah, point. Yeah, and it's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's Dune gonna is, be great. I'm Dune is almost here. We're almost to Dune. You're right. We're like two months away from Dune. I know. So thank, it's exciting. Thank Christ. That is exciting. <laughs> Finally, right I mean, indeed. All right, let's go into what's streaming today. We are looking at Disney Plus. I decided to go old school and. A little bit of classic, The Sword in the Stone, by director Wolfgang Reitherman Claude Sword. <laughs> the sword, the sword, yet yeah, the the S word in the stone. Yes, thank you, Sean Connery. Um, directed by Wolfgang Reitherman Clyde Geronimini, uh, Geronimi, sorry, David Hand, uh, Sebastian Cabot as Sir Hector, Carl Swenson as Merlin, Ricky Sorensen as Wart. Uh, with the additional voice stylings of Janice Matthews, Jenny Tyler, Martha Wentworth, Norman Aiden, and Alan Napier. 1963, going back a few decades Jeez. there. I watched that movie a lot. Yeah, I I watched the hell out of that movie. I love that movie. Yeah, it was one of the ones we had on VHS when I was a little kid, so we watched that a lot at my house. So yeah. my brother was afraid of that movie, and I can't remember why, But so we didn't watch it that often. Make really? sure you make fun of him as an adult. Be like, remember when you were afraid of that kid's movie? <laughs> we, we always do. Don't worry. Good. But yeah, but yeah it was, it's like one of those things where like, we didn't get to watch that one a lot because he was scared of it. So we would just never put it on. That in Jurassic Park. Now, see, in my house, if my sister was scared of it, we'd watch it all the time. Yeah, no, I <laughs> get because it. Because I'm a dick. I'm the, well, I don't know. It's weird. I was the oldest. He was the youngest. So we took care of the youngest for whatever reason. He's a Whatever dick, that's so. about. Yeah, right? 
All right. <laughs> I have pretty fond movies. I have pretty fond memories of that movie too. That's one of my favorites. I have the, the of course, the white shell case for, and I just watch it over and over and over. Side note: Merlin on the BBC, the actual like live action show, it's not a bad show if you're into that kind of thing. So there's mm-hmm. my side. You're welcome. I'm here for you. Thank you for that. Thanks. Chris. All right. <laughs> the really? second one: the the rescuers by directors John Lounsbury, Wolfgang. Oh my Rotherman. God! How old are you? I, I, I love it. John Lounsbury, Wolfgang Rotherman, Art Stevens, Bob Newhart as Bernard, Ava Gabor as Miss Bianca, Gerald wait, wait, wait. Page. Is this the same as the Rescuers Down Under? No, or no, this, this is the first one. one. The Rescuers okay. Down Under is the, the sequel. Okay, Rescue okay, hold on, hold on. Was hold 1990. On. I've never seen The Rescuers ever, but I've seen The Rescuers Down Under multiple times. Here's oh. a movie. Okay, if you've seen it multiple times, whose voice early in his career did we get in that movie? John Candy for The Seagull, right? Okay, but one other one, you're missing oh, a massive oh, actor. I don't know. Hugh Jackman. Oh really? He was the he was the the kangaroo dude. I forget his name. Token Australian. Yeah, <laughs> I did oh. not know that. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, Geraldine Page is Madam's Muse. Joe Flynn as Mister Snoops, with additional voice talents of Jeanette Nolan, Pat Buttram, Jim Jordan, John McIntyre. Nineteen seventy-seven. Jeez, I know. And going even further back, Roger, you're gonna love this: Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. We're going Bambi, Snow White, Pinocchio. <laughs> We're going way back, baby, to the beginning. Director William Court Cottrell, David Hand, Wildred Jackson. They all had different. It's, it's important to know they weren't all directing. They all had like one was a sequence director, one was an art director, but then they were credited differently. Hmm. Um, well, I hope next week we talk about bed knobs and broomsticks and yeah. the original Winnie the Pooh. And- <laughs> Jesus. Uh, right. Uh, the voices of Adriana Casaletti, which is Snow White. These are all uncredited, by the way. We're going that far back. They're uncredited. Harry Stockwell oh, wow. as Prince. Uh, Lucille Laverne as Queen. Also uncredited, Roy Atwell's Doc with additional voice talents of Stuart Buchanan, Candy Candido, Eddie Collins, Pinto Kolvik, Marion Darlington, and June Foray. 1937. That was before the Second World War. All those people were dead. (laughs) Yeah, they are. (laughs) Yeah, they are. They are. They are. They are dead indeed. Not a single one of them alive today. Thank you. Quote Roger, Roger Stone. <laughs> All right. So check those out. Those are some, I mean, I remember watching the mess out of the Sword of the Stone. Uh, I've seen the Rescuers once or twice. The Rescuers Down Under, however, I've seen so many times. Right. See, and I'm not the only I've, one. I, I've not, I'll be honest, I've not seen Snow White and the Seven Dwarves as much as, you know, I should have as a film student, but I've seen it once or twice. It, but it, it definitely holds up. It just, that goes back to the, the, the evil racist times of, of Disney. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of that. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir, there is. Many decades of it, as a matter of fact. And before we start talking about some trailers, let's talk about for one second. So, okay, so we all know a little movie came out a few weeks ago, Black Widow. It Never made, heard of it. Made, it it made, a few, made, made a few dollars here and there. But, Did you release so, in America? It did, you're right. <laughs> so, okay, so Black Widow came out, and now Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney because – her contract stipulated Black Widow was supposed to be theatrical only release, and she's claiming that the release on Disney Plus cost her. Now, keep in mind, she gets a part of the profits, and she's saying the release on Disney Plus cost her fifty million dollars. <laughs> fifty mil? I don't see how that's possible, but I mean, Maybe I don't. She... Even, I don't even think if the movie performed the best it ever could have if performed. If the movie did a billion dollars, yeah, yeah, that's it my would point. Not have gotten fifty million. That's my point, though. Is like, how in the world? But 
in the past, Emma Stone has all and also, and how from what I can tell, more politely sued Disney. So more I mean, politely. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't see. I don't see even because like Disney is of course owns Marvel now, and you know those execs have to be like, look, you better get your people in line. <laughs> and so, Roger, tell people the one disadvantage that Scarlett Johansson has over Emma Stone. So Emma Stone, you know, with Cruella, which was a decent movie. Um, with definite sequel potential, they're probably going to like tidy up her contract, get her a little bit of extra cash, and clean that up. With Scarlett Johansson, she picked a losing battle because her character is dead. Yeah. <laughs> and one day, Doctor Strange is going to be like, "Listen, I found a way to manipulate the multiverse so we could go get Roman off back." And somebody's going to be like, "No, we didn't. No, we didn't." <laughs> and Kevin Feige is going to be like. You can get anyone back. Black, who? Black Widow. Who? Yeah. <laughs> Who's this character you're talking about? Oh. No. <laughs> so I saw that was an interesting piece. Like over. I mean, come on. I well, as soon as I first read that, I'm like, even if the movie performed the best it possibly could have performed, she still wouldn't have gotten fifty million dollars. Well, Listen, so I want. I I've made this many times. I want people to make as much money as they possibly can. But like right now, who's who's looking at this being like, yeah, they released on Disney Plus. Most people think that that's a win. You know, so for these places where people still can't go to movie theaters like they used to, you know, to get it out there and everything, how do I think it's a bad look? That's all. Because I have I a agree. lot of people be like, "Boo hoo! You didn't get your extra thirty million dollars." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. Know. I don't know where I sit with that. I just. I, I know when I read that, I was like, "Oh my goodness, jeez." I want when Doctor Strange finds a way to you know roll back the multiverse, like you were saying. I want them to open a whole bunch of portals and bring characters out, and I want them to have. Black Widow's character in a courtroom just sitting there and he just wags his finger at her and closes the closes the portal. She opens up and like pulls away the curtain, like peeks in, and this shuts the door. Yep. <laughs> Ooh, I, wouldn't, I, don't know. Ooh, I, I wouldn't put them above it though. I, mean, I know, as far, right? As far as like oh. being being petty, you know. Mean spirited. Yeah, oh god. Of course not. I hope so. Oh, I'm not. here for that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So I thought that was a funny little bit of piece of piece of news to talk about. I think it's how Marvel's so big. It's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out in the long run, because I'm assuming anybody getting contracts now, they're all being redone with, you know, just streaming rights in mind as of part course. of that, right? Yeah, yeah because this probably. is a whole new frontier for, I mean, streaming was inching along before COVID hit, and then it took a massive leap forward. Sure. Yep. So, um, all right. So that's, I mean, look, that's, I'm sure we will see many more of them on this. You will, okay. Given the contract issues, do you think Shang-Chi is going to be on Disney Plus? Yes. Oh, yeah. I see. I, maybe. I've, have you seen an advertisement saying it's going to be? I haven't seen an advertisement saying because the poster I searched up says only in theaters. We've only had a few movies not come out on Disney Plus compared to the ones that have come well, out. Right? So the, the biggest thing is, is Jungle Cruise up until like two weeks ago said only in theaters. And guess That's where Jungle true. Cruise is? That's true. I mean, I mean, you could posters don't really mean anything. We've seen posters change all no. the time for sure. Well, like I said, we watched the Dune trailer from last week. The Dune trailer, the trailer says HBO Max on it. It does. You're, you're the right. Trailer. And I'm gonna eat a big piece of humble pie when that comes out. I'll be like, I still until the day yep. it does, I'm gonna say I it won't. Wait. But when it does, I will eat a big piece of humble. I was wrong pie, so I just I can't believe that. But all right, nobody, now let's nobody start. is bigger than the logo <laughs> ever. I mean, sure, that's They're not. Guru. No, I'm agreeing <laughs> with you. I thought if if I thought if any director was gonna be, it was gonna be Villeneuve and. Nolan, but and apparently they're not. Them around. Yeah. <laughs> Sit down, sir. All right, let's talk about. So, two of the three trailers this week have resurfaced. 
They have a little bit more footage. Let's talk about No Time to Die, James Bond, which is finally coming out please, after being delayed give, so many give times. Give me this damn movie, please. I want this movie so bad. Yeah. So in, in past months, who – wait, Amazon bought the rights to – Amazon bought MGM, right? That was the, yeah. that was the procurement there. So, which is insane, by the way. So that so how long that. after its theatrical run do you think it'll be on on Amazon? I don't think that includes this movie. I can see why you're saying that because property, you know, current properties probably won't be. That's required, right. It but, can't be yeah. part of that. I don't think. Yeah. No, it'll, I don't think it'll, 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 it'll be everything from here on, right? Yeah, I, I could be completely wrong in that, but I do not think that it includes that. Or do you think that it'll come like? We like maybe two or three weeks before it comes out on Blu-ray and 4K, which these days is like two months after the movie leaves theaters anyway. But it'll be on Amazon just to get uptick in numbers That's for a little a bit. That's a possibility. But I can see that. Yeah, I have a feeling for what a seven point something billion dollar acquisition. If any movie is going to help get some of that money back, it's definitely going to be a James Bond movie. You know? Oh sure, yeah. but just remember that means they have the rights for all future Bonds. That's true. That is true. So because remember, this is the end of Daniel Craig. So whenever we get a new 007, that means Amazon gets to make that. Which, make, that which makes me sad as hell. And unless it's Edris Elba, I don't want it to be another Bond. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, look, yeah. I don't, I don't really have a problem with many of the Bonds I've seen. I mean, I've, I've watched every Bond. I don't really have a problem with many of them. Lazenby maybe because he's kind of a putz, but I don't really have a problem with any of the other Bonds. I don't. The whole thing with like people are really up in arms about it possibly being a female. I don't. I don't. I mean, look, I'm, I'm not sure that like. Once I see the movie, I'm sure I'll be more in line with it because, like, I'm sure they're moving ahead with that very carefully. But I mean, I don't know why people are getting so up in arms about. Well, that. here's I the remember, thing: if, well, if the story is there, it's okay. Yeah, and here's the thing: you say you know they're moving along. You're sure they're moving along very carefully. They could be doing the opposite and not moving along carefully at all. And that is something that we've seen many times, where like they just throw a female cast in and it's supposed to quote unquote do well because of that but then it doesn't well see I mean, mm. ghostbusters is a huge example of this well see, anyway yeah well roger and, I, <laughs> roger and i talked about that last week with do you remember um what was the captain marvel how people even before the movie came out like the movie was not theatrical release and people were already saying it's the worst female lead worst like you haven't even seen the movie yet and people were already like well, so, I mean, that, that all comes back to, listen, people can't be trusted to give fair reviews. <laughs> and it also goes back to your thing, you should give the fans a decision. That's exactly why you don't, <laughs> um, because of things like that. So, it's I just agree like, with you. come on. Let the movie speak for itself. That's what I'm I saying. Think. I mean, like, it's like, I don't want to well, pass judgment on Suicide Squad well, until, it, until I watch it. On that note, we didn't. I didn't hear any of that rumbling about you know female lead to this can't work out of uh, the Black Widow movie. I didn't hear any of that before this one. Well, came hold out. on, she was already established. Okay, okay. I mean, that, that's fair. I, I, was, I do. I, I do think out. that matters. Okay. Yep. I got you. Because I think if they were just like, because listen, there are plenty of female superheroes that they could be like, listen, we're making this movie. Oh yeah. And people were like, no, no, <laughs> terrible. That's the worst fucking decision I've ever heard in my life. No. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, forbid you change somebody's race because, dear God. <laughs> oh, you ain't wrong there. I mean, yeah, it's just a hot button issue for a lot of people, but I, I just, I, I don't it. know. I hope they proceed with it carefully and they do it. Look, like like Roger says, as long as the story's there, people are going to be way less upset than if, it, if, if the movie's shitty and it's it's the what they don't want. It's oh, yeah, going to be so, riots. So it earns way less of a quote unquote pass when the movie's bad, right? Like, yes. That's, that's the thing. 
Yeah, well, that's, I guess so that's right. That's one of the big things I have. We might as well go into the, our, our next trailer for Ghostbusters. For the mm-hmm. They released a new full trailer for Afterlife, which is an official release date of Thanksgiving weekend, which yep. I'm totally okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, Can you believe? Like, this looks so much yeah. better than the other movie. The last well, you know, I, I think I have some insight to that. Is because yeah, yeah, but here's the thing. Can you believe there's kids in this? Oh my god! <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't actually. Okay, great. You're one of the. You're one of those idiots. Okay. Oh, no, great, but great. Listen, that's the new thing. Listen, last time they did a movie, they did a complete reboot, made all female cast, and people hated because of an all female cast reboot. So this time, they make a direct sequel, and there's kids in it, and people hate that there are kids in it. Well, yep. but I mean, what do you fucking people want? They, but what, <laughs> what they, the Ghostbusters are dead. What they what they want <laughs> is. What they want is to, I mean, they want Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver. They, they want, I mean, that's just not possible anymore. So, Listen, but I, mean, I want them to be involved because I think they should be. Like, well, Dan Aykroyd's in this movie for sure. Um, well, that, that's the thing with this, new, with this new trailer, though, is I think they finally, to, to get interest drumming back up again, they put footage in the trailer that they didn't really want to before. They wanted to save the, all you know, calling the Ghostbusters and getting Aykroyd's voice. They wanted to save that. For the actual people who first saw it in the first weekend, be like, dude, they're in yeah. it. The Ghostbusters are in it. You're, you know, like you're, I think you're giving people that make trailers way too much credit. Mm. I, I I don't think so because until we haven't seen that until now, we've. I mean, this has been a trailer for months and over a year now. Okay, all right. Maybe. I think they were saving. This movie should have came out twice already. So. Yeah. But, but we're, I mean, look, we're excited. I'm over the moon excited for it. I, I so. think this trailer, I think the new trailer looks great. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, you know, this movie looks from the trailer looks solid yes like, seriously i agree even paul rudd I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what paul rudd does with this i think a guy like paul rudd is perfect for the ghostbusters honestly mm-hmm. yep. i think he's funny enough and likable enough to like well, you could get behind that i right? mean i'm not and, and here well i'm gonna say something that you guys might disagree with but like he's not he's not bill murray right but no. he's 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 almost like the no, current day rudd. version well he's the current day like version of like what bill murray does in movies you know he's got a lot. He's got a lot of com- comedic gravitas. He knows when to hit punchlines on jokes. I think he's. I think he's that perfect kind of character. Sure. For I, I agree with. You. I know what you're saying. I agree. Yeah. with that. So he's kind of a good. Yeah, kind of a good stand-in for. He's not I, Bill Murray, but a good stand-in. Well, no, sure. and it's well, it's not a stand-in. He's just the current version of that of that character. Well, I that's, think he's that, a that, that, that's, what, that's what I meant. If you're gonna, yeah. if you're gonna try to replace Bill Murray for a movie, that's not a bad way to do it. Mm-hmm. Especially in Ghostbusters, yeah. So I mean, this could be better forward thinking than we thought because a lot of people didn't like the fact that Paul Rudd was in it when they when they first learned that. And I, again, I don't know why people also, cared so people much. Were dumb. Again, <laughs> some some things people people complain about. Listen, I don't understand. I would like to note if anybody here is mad that Paul Rudd is in the next Ghostbusters movie, please die. Whoa, Sam. man! Jeez. Yeah, no, I like it. Uh, you're a bad person. I'm, 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 I'm gonna deliberate on whether that stays in or not. But okay, no, you're, you're gonna leave that there. Fine, fine. You know what people are not mad about is the trailer for King Richard because it looks phenomenal. Yeah, the, the Venus Serena Williams story looks awesome. I so mean, I, I don't Will remember Smith when I, is just something else. I don't remember when I saw this trailer, but it wasn't it wasn't when you just linked it. I saw this earlier than that, and I was like, I was like surprised about this being made. I had never heard of it. Saw the trailer, and I'm in like 100. percent Like this it made, it, like, it made this its rounds great. Like two weeks ago. I seen okay, it. yeah, yeah. I've seen rumblings of it. So this looks great. I like, mean, it just give it, this to me now. The thing about Will Smith is he he's one of those actors that's just like one of like seven actors that's just on a different level. Like mm-hmm. when he when when he really puts the time like this reminds me of Pursuit of Happiness Will Smith, 
you know, or even like Ali Will Smith. It's just even like, when he, even when he isn't boy. even when he isn't the main pole in a movie, he's the best part of a movie. Um, After Earth, he's the only thing good in that whole thing. He doesn't even <laughs> well, do that anything. movie's bad. So. Oh, it is. It's terrible. After Earth, yeah. Earth. Remember, remember what it was in, in Independence Day. Welcome to Earth. Welcome to yeah. Earth. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's just, it's, so it's a biopic of um, the what the, the Venus Williams family. Yeah, the yeah. Williams family. I, I I think with more of a focus on the father than the two sisters. But we already know the two sisters. We I mean we probably know know less about the father given the two sisters are very famous. So well, one is the greatest tennis player of all time, and the other one is the second greatest the tennis. female tennis player. <laughs> I love when I love it when um, especially Bernthal was in this when he's like you have the next Michael Jordan he goes no brother man I got the next two Michael mm-hmm. Jordan yep. like that's so good it's, I love that Barenthal's in this movie like is there a thing that movie that Barenthal won't be in Barenthal, and he's just Barenthal. probably great in it he's, he's good no he's he's, he's gonna be fantastic I love that man yeah, he's, he's <laughs> I, think he's, I think he's phenomenal I just I again I just watched Fear again Roger and I talked about it last week and he's one of the best part I mean he is so good in that movie he just mm-hmm. I've never seen a movie where I'm like yeah John Bernthal hmm, maybe he just didn't have it that time. He's always good. No, he always has it. Yeah, he's yeah. always I, so good. I, I, first saw, I first saw him in Walking Dead. I fell in love with him in uh, Punisher. Ever since, man, he's he's my guy. He's well, hold, awesome. hold, hold on, hold on. When did when did Bernthal like really bust into the scene? Because Walking Walking Dead was like two thousand nine. I think Walking Dead was. A well, that was like I remember his, that was his in. coming out part. Yeah, that was his big. That was his first big ish role, right? Because I think he was. That, was well, that was Walking Dead. Role. That was it. Was the biggest thing on TV. Yes, yeah. yeah. And he was, you know, a star of that. Mm-hmm. So, yep. and probably the better character than some of the other people that are still alive. No, yeah, you're not wrong there. Yeah, just it's saying. just one of those things. He's 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 wonderful. I'm gonna see how far back his Imdba page goes. It goes all the way back. Well, it goes all the way back to 2002. But yeah. I don't recognize men. So, like Doctor Vegas, there are a bunch of TV movies series. Okay, um, yeah. Boston Legal, um, Johnny Zero, CSI Miami. He was on for a few episodes. Law and Order, How I Met Your Mother, World Trade Center. He was oh that Nick Cage movie that um what's yeah. his face Oliver Stone made yeah yeah yeah. And then it was the class, the air I breathe, day zero. Again, you're not recognizing any of these. Ben Starr, A Line in the Sand, uh, Courtroom K. Oh, Night at the Museum, Battle of the Smithsonian. That was I guess his first like really big thing. Okay. That's maybe maybe, than, maybe world 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 trade center might have been big his first big thing but right. yeah and then he just kind of skyrockets from there but he has one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve things in production good Jeez. oh good. my goodness including the many saints of newark which i get more excited for every time i see so holy cow all right and an un- an, un- an untitled accountant sequel i actually like that first one i really enjoyed that that one. That's Gavin O'Connor, who directed Ben Affleck in the movie I love way more than I should have, um, The Way Back. So just a little note there. Yeah, The Accountant's a very watchable movie. Hell yeah, yeah. it is. It's actually really good. All right, Roger, let's take, let's take two minutes to talk about Ted Lasso, season two, episode <laughs> two, maybe. Uh, just so everybody knows, Ted Lasso still rolling right along is incredible. Yeah, it really is. It starts out kind of weird with Jamie Jamie Tart getting kicked off. Jamie What's Tart gets voted off his reality show. Lust, what, lust connection or something? Yeah, yeah. Um, lust conquers all. Yeah, that's it. Lust conquers all. <laughs> and Incredibly then, named. I love how the the um, the host is like Jamie, your lust ends here. Yeah, <laughs> and he just looks so deflated and defeated. And then he just, I mean, this episode really wasn't. 
I think it, I mean, it's still a great episode and a great show, but it really doesn't have the, the weight that many of the other episodes did have. Also, but... what this episode does, and I'll be a little bit spoilery here, it really sets the tone for what I think the rest of the season's really going to be driven by. Um, and it's going to revolve around Jamie. And I'm okay with that because when Jamie Tart's there, it's, it's interesting. And that's one of the things that Ted has a, uh, when he talks to Dr. Sharon about everything. And she was like, you know, that he finally gets her approval. Like, hey, everything's very well run here. It's very respectful. Everybody's input matters. And but she challenges him a little bit when she's just like, and to think of how well that's working on a team that has eight straight draws. And like Ted's like, whoa, well, <laughs> like but something that's what, clicks in his brain. But that's what makes him. That's what pulls the trigger to make the <laughs> ending of the ending of that ending of that episode what it is. Yep. And he, Jamie Tart walks out on the pitch. Well, that's the thing is like, I mean, and then you see, of course, Keely looking out onto the field because Keely and Jamie had a thing. And then like, then, then you see, what's the, what's the owner's name? What's, what, what's her name again? Um, I forget her name, but she's oh, looking at Keely and she smiles. Yeah. I, I mean, I thought we were done with that tomfoolery business. Oh no, but, we're done with that. But it's like Jamie being part of the team's a big deal for everybody because he's a good player. Listen, he's just a stupid dick. He, but no, but she was smiling at the fact that Keely was looking at him conflicted. No, that she's not conflicted by that. Keely isn't. No, okay, not at well, all. I thought that's what that last shot showed. She couldn't stop staring at him. So even even though they'd already run into each other in the in the coffee shop, but still, I mean, it's just look. I can't wait for more. I get I I, I get so excited for Fridays now because of Ted Lasso. I can't even breathe sometimes. It's great. I'm wonderful. By the way, I, I fell in the tub last uh, this earlier. Uh, <laughs> what, what the hell? I was speaking, speaking of not being able to breathe. I, segue. I, 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 I slipped in the shower and I landed on my ribs and I couldn't breathe for like 30 seconds. I, 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 was, like I was terrified. I was terrified. You almost died. That's awesome. I know. I know. I knew you'd like that, Roger. All right. Let's hell? start with – let's talk about Old Snake Eyes, a movie about old Nicolas Cage. No, I'm kidding. Do you want to talk about – we should, we should talk about – they're both theatrical. So what do you guys want to start with? Let's get old out of the way. Yeah, right, so. I think I agree with that. So, so before I watched Snake Eyes, though, I think I would have said it the other way around. Snake Eyes. And yeah, Blade. I think so too. Maybe. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about old. So here, it's an M Night Shyamalan movie. We all know this came out. So that means week. it's weird. But everyone's expecting the twist. All right, Gail Garcia Bern Bernhall Bernal as Guy Vicky Kreps as. Persa, Rufus Sewell, who I love, as Charles. Alex Wolf as Trent, age 15. Nikki Amuka Bird as Patricia, obviously directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Roger, tell us what Old is about. Uh, old's a weird movie about a beach that makes people old, exponentially so. Fiend. Uh, <laughs> Fiend. I give this movie a... Um, so, I have a lot of problems with this movie. And a lot of my problems are coming from a writing point of view, because I mean, I just... I see some of this stuff... What I can remember, you know, in, in writing 101, professors like, don't do this. It's lazy. It's a trap. You just don't do this. And every, all of it is in this movie. And I don't understand how a script like that gets passed. I just don't. Um, unless they don't really, I mean, is anyone professional reading these scripts before a studio is like, yeah, you know what? Go ahead. Green light it. It's, it's M. Night Shyamalan. Maybe not. So, okay, Chris. So we, we, we've all seen this movie, right? Yes. Yeah. All right. Give me, give me just in ten seconds. You guys tell me what you thought of old before we go really get into it. Well, so I'll go first on that, right? And I think you started saying this with how like the writing issues are. This movie is. I mean, 
this movie is the epitome of you like show don't tell right like that that's the problem it has because it tells you everything this movie is a weird sciencey experiment theory thing and mixed with like a bermuda triangle stuff and a lot of messed up things happen and there's a twist that no one is falling for because the movie is titled old it's the end well not only is well not only is no one falling for it, i don't there are so many things in this movie that i was like what are you kidding me with this um Grotto, what about you well, I mean, it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie where we know some twist is going to happen, and it builds and builds and builds, and then when twist happens, I'm like, who cares? You know, the things that, <laughs> one of the things I noticed kind of right away is, so, and I'm just, so I thought about this. If you go, let's say you go pluck from the Midwest United States a farmer who, you know, his life is farming, he loves John Wayne. I'm describing my grandfather pretty much. So, and then you say, you, you put him in here and tell him to watch the movie, and you say, when they get to the beach... I want you to tell me when, as soon as you figure out what's going on with them, say it out loud. He would say it within the first five or six minutes of them being on the beach. It's pretty obvious. It takes them way too long to understand what's going on. And this is part of my problem here is because one of them is what, a thoracic surgeon or some heart surgeon or something like that? Yeah. Rufus Sewell. Cardiothoracic surgeon. Yeah. So, I mean, it just, it takes them way too long to figure out what is going on. And no one's like, we're so, aging. So, I mean, suspend your disbelief for a second and think that maybe they believe that something like that isn't possible. So that's not where their brains go. You know what well, I mean? I, I understand that. But what other explanation that's would you fair. have? I mean, we as an audience know something's up. But, like, put it, being in their situation, you're never going to think, I'm aging faster. You know, that, that's never going to be your first thought. You're going to think that, you know, hey, that guy well, killed well, well, Okay, okay. So other stuff. even before they understand what's going on, mm-hmm. they're – even before they all state it for sure, what's going yeah. on, those two kids age years and years. Dramatically. So yes. like, yeah. how does no one like look at them and be like, oh, he's older. We're getting older. Three kids age. Yeah. 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 Sure. I just, well, it just is one of those anyway. Technically four? Too soon. <laughs> I mean, what, so one of the things that I think happened was it just, a lot of this movie to me is fluff. It's filler. It's, it's what we all did writing papers in college. We went and filled out some paragraphs to make it a little longer. You know, it's like it's one. It's just it's a no-no in film writing, in script writing. It is a complete no-no. You trim this script down. I bet you could trim. Let's say the script is hundred pages at best. I bet you could trim this script down and still have the same movie, the same character saying the same things. You probably cut thirty pages out of the script. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm willing to bet. I mean, if not more, but that's, I mean, that's most of the dialogue between some of the characters is completely irrelevant, right? Well, not completely even irrelevant. irrelevant. Not, not even irrelevant, but bad. <laughs> like it's bad dialogue. It's true. Right? Lines are lines aren't given greatly, and then on top of that, it's all telling you all the exposition. Like they're telling you what they're thinking, so they want you to think the way that you know you're supposed to quote unquote think in this movie. I agree. Yeah, it's Maybe just it's one of those things. Screaming. <laughs> no worries. All right, Roger, let's let's take take over for one second. So, with old, the problem that I have with it um, isn't even just it takes them too long to figure out what's going on. It's the terrible decisions that are made when people can't realize that there are other factors at play here. Like something is going on, right? That's clearly clearly definable here. And people are like, "No, it's fine. No worries. Whatever." But it's like, why? Why is this a thing? Like, why are we letting the guy that's clearly having some sort of mental issue and cutting people with knives? <laughs> why haven't we done something about him? Well, that's my we point. let him go stand off in a corner by himself? I mean, th- th- this is based on a graphic novel called Sandcastle, and I-, I understand that. But again, graphic novels tend to be what somewhat shorter than real novels. So 
I mean, I again, like, there well, had to be some like, filler here, some fluff. Tie, tie that man up, right? And <laughs> just be done. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> but tie even him up for two hours, which is like five years, he'll give up. But yeah. even the, even the dialogue when they get there, and there's that what that was what, what's his name, midsize sedan, the, the, <laughs> the rapper. <laughs> Great name, by the way, midsize sedan. And then, but even his dialogue and the way he acts is like it's so out of left field. It just. It's so strange to me that he he acts like he's not a human being. He almost acts like he was like invasion of the body snatchers. Like his brain so, didn't work. Really early on in the movie, I realized that and once they get to the beach, that everybody is sick in some way, or you know what I mean? Or their partner is sick in some way. Yeah. We find out that Midsize Sedan, aka Brendan, which good God, what a terrible name Midsize Sedan is. Um, he's got MS, right? He said he had just gotten the diagnosis. And that's why he was down there trying to blow off steam, which I get, right? Well, yeah, oh, yeah. He said something about having a clotting issue. Yeah. And his nose just bleeds yes. constantly. In, in a world where we find out that each hour or so they're on the beach is, what, five years, basically? Is what yeah. they say? Yeah. yeah. His nose bleeds for, like, 20 consecutive years. Yes. I mean, I mean, you understand why his nose is bleeding, right? Yes, the clotting yeah, issue. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, and whatever, whatever they gave him, you know. Yeah, and that's what the the, yeah. the clotting issue. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I I get that, and it's something that's supposed to be your. So this is where I have a problem with the movie. This is that's supposed to be your big aha moment that mm-hmm. you, that you get to have, you know, when you figure everything out that they you know that they haven't been telling you the whole time that you figured out because you're so smart now. You know what I mean? That and that's the problem with the movie. <laughs> yeah. Is that, unless you don't know what that means, unless you don't know what the nosebleed means. Well, the, well, that's the thing. You don't know until you know, like you know, what the big reveal is, and then in, at that point. It's you know, too the, late. At that point, the no. At that point, the writers of this movie or M Night Shyamalan, whoever made that decision, wants you to feel like you're smart and go, "Oh, that's why his nose is bleeding. Mm. Oh my god, this movie's yeah. so awesome." No, it's, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> this movie wants you to think it's smart, and by by making you feel like you're smart, and that's not what's happening. This movie sucks. Well, well, I mean, I don't. I mean, that's, I don't know if I don't know if it's that's sucks. a that's a premature like analysis to come to right away. But I mean, I don't think it sucks. It just to me, it was it needs some work. I mean, I don't. Again, this is one of these movies that if you determine this in in school, the professor would have been like, "Why don't you take a second crack at this?" Yeah, the the thing with it is, is so when we expect it from all M Night Shyamalan movies, right? We expect some sort of good twist, okay, or a twist, a shocking twist, dramatic twist. When the twist happens in this movie, because they spoon feed you something, right? That something medically is happening. Besides them just getting old. And then mm. when you get to the twist, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Like, <laughs> I, I just, I didn't care. Well, yeah. Because and I, but I, I can't see anyone, I can't see anyone like, oh my God, I didn't even see it coming. Well, the thing is with me, right? And I, the problems that I have with this movie are like entire scenes that don't matter. Okay. The woman that has a calcium deficiency, Crystal, the way she dies, what, why? Why do oh, we Yeah. Like, why is that a thing? Or, you know, the sudden the sudden uh, pregnancy for 20 minutes. Yeah. Is, why? Why? That's a, that's a weird thing to put in your movie, right? That was weird, man. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if it was weird as, 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 as much as, like, it maybe someone's like, well, I mean, if those kids age and they're in their teen years, late teen years, they're going to – I mean, they're going to get those feelings. We can't sidestep it, so let's just do it. 
I, well, I imagine so, that's well, how it came that's about. That's one of the issues I have with this movie, though. Okay, so they get all the hormones and none of the intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Well, the well, older sister talking about talking about her her brain was you know. Well, I used to imagine everything in color, and now the colors are fading away. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, I get that she's losing her imagination, which is something that happens when you grow up, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is her are they getting like how I just I just. Well, hold, hold on, hold on. I, I understand why he was acting like a beast. He's, I mean, he hasn't learned what he hasn't learned. It's not like when you get older, you just know things. Oh, no, no, I, I understand that. But it's just by the end of it, though, when, you know, when he's 50 crawling out of this coral tunnel, you know, he knows the call to go to the one guy, the cops and whatever. And I don't. Just doesn't matter to me, I guess. Well, that's all, that's the whole thing. Is like, I mean, I have a feeling, M, I mean, and then he, M Knight himself, played a much bigger role in this movie than most. I mean, pretty much any other movie, right? Well, I mean, bigger role, quote unquote. It wasn't that big of a role, was no, it? No, but he usually has like a well, two second cameo. Yeah, he was in. Yeah, it. yeah. I, I don't. The, the last one I remember where he was in it that much would have been the um, signs. Yeah, yeah, signs. He's Ray Reddy in signs. Yeah, because he's he plays a a larger part in signs and a very critical part in signs too. Mm-hmm. So. I trapped it. It's in the pantry, Father. I trapped it. Don't go in there. <laughs> well, I mean, and the fact that he killed his wife with a car. Yeah, no, I understand that. And I remember. The, do you remember the scary movie three version of? Well, they're showing like, him like pulling a hot dog apart. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, when, when the cameras, when when um, Charlie Sheen as Mel Gibson's character is walking by, and the guy who killed him, Ray Ray, Ray is like, "Hey, can you give me a ride home after?" This? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I forgot about that, but yeah. Maybe laugh too, but uh, yeah, just one of those things that I mean. This okay, so the let me ask you without saying the twist. I mean, you pretty much figure it out in the end anyway. That there, you know, the twist if you've if you've seen the title of the movie though. But okay, so do you? I think the twist, given to the fact that did they go back to this lab and they talk about their findings being important, is that supposed to make you not hate them? Is that supposed to make Um, you think differently about what's going on on the beach? I don't, I don't think, know. I don't think so. I mean, maybe it is, but I don't think it does a good job at it. Well, is that fair to true. say? It is yeah. fair to say. I mean, like, but even even when they're like, oh, they this couple almost figured out the coral. Like, what? What? Who would think? Oh, let's go swim through the coral to get out of here. Who would think that? Who would like? Even a marine biologist would be like, no, coral's the way out. Let's go there. I just don't get. I just don't. There's no. There's no hints or clues other than. Why are you thinking this way? <laughs> well, no, other other than when they first got to, to to the beach, the two main kids, their their father was like, "Kids, look at that beautiful coral out there!" Like that was the only reference to the coral. At least maybe I missed a reference, but I didn't catch another coral reference. And no, I don't think there is. But... but like that really upsets me because they're like, "Oh, they didn't figure it out. How are they supposed to figure it out?" How? I mean, what? <laughs> oh, it just it just it makes it, it just to me it's lazy screenwriting. Can I ask you guys a couple of questions, please? Yeah, um, not please screenwriting related. I want to talk about visual effects for a second. All right. Okay. Um, what did you think about the part where we're seeing stuff through Dad's eyes, and like uh, he's going a little oh, bit blind? Yeah, I, I actually kind of like that. To, to be honest, did you really? Because it kind of pissed did. me off. <laughs> okay. Let me ask you. <laughs> let, 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 let me ask you. Can me the reason why it pissed you off? Okay, because I don't think that that was relevant. There, you could have like he could. There could have been other ways to show that he's going. He's losing his vision, or maybe only show it once. Yeah. Like, why are there? Why is there five minutes of the camera out of focus? Yeah. Well, so and let's talk about 
camera focus for a second. The first 45 minutes of this movie, you don't get to see anyone's goddamn faces. I know why, because they're trying to hide what's happening, but I'm like awkwardly, awkwardly looking at people's weird body parts for the first 45 minutes. Well, of this some film. some of those camera sh- choices were very infuriating to me. Okay, because like I mean, it's no secret what's going on. And by the way, this is as a little aside. This movie greatly could have benefited from a trailer that showed nothing and just said a new movie from M Night Shyamalan is coming. It's yeah, called Old. Yeah. Here it is. Because like the fact that we saw the trailer, it gave us everything. Yes, I so most things. Yeah. So yep. any, I feel like. M night in the future probably just better off just not showing a full length, maybe like a 30 second teaser of kind of various elements at play. Who's in it. The, the, you know, give you a shot of the world. See, I mean, that's it. Then then just go away because it, it ruins his movies are almost undone by trailers. If you think, well, I mean, it, it didn't, it didn't help here. That's what you're, yeah. If that's what the point you're trying to make. So, so, I mean, it's just one of those things that I, I have a lot of problems with this movie. What, Chris, you were saying something. I'm sorry, I, I interrupted something. No, well, no. I mean, it, it's it's basically the same thing. It's just there's just so much of this that doesn't feel well thought out and spoiled by the by the title of the movie and then by you know like like you said, you see the trailer, you know exactly what's happening in this film. There's just a lot of that here, and it is irritating because you know I want to go see a movie that you know I don't have to feel like i'm slogging through for you know an hour and 40 minutes but, but i i also happening. hate i also hate when like we're looking at something where like the camera is in between two characters and you and then you see like the left and right third of both their faces and there's a conversation happening behind you for like yes. a, for like a minute and a half and the camera that's it like that's what you get of the shot like that is so infuriating to me yep and i don't i mean when i when i initially got up from old i said this is like this is an example of how not to make a movie like this is you know, like, I always think, like, if you show film students, like, don't do this, don't do this. To me, it's just one of those things that, like, it's 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 willfully stupid. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just, it's not giving you, it's it's trying to be clever by forcing the clever upon you instead of just letting you arrive at the fact that it was clever and then you figuring it out. Does that make sense? The movie yeah. tries too hard. I think that's exactly what we have here is a movie that tries way too hard. Yeah. By a director that is trying by all gods to make it to like still have a twist that people don't see coming. But is, I mean, we all know to look for a twist now. I mean, we, he should start making movies with no twist. That's what he that, should start. That would, well, that would no, be, that would be the just, twist, right? Just one. Yeah. Then oh, just one. Yeah. yeah. Then everybody's got to be like, well, maybe this one doesn't have a twist. <laughs> Mess with their minds too much. Did, what about the, uh, what about the whole, the daughter brings up the mother's indiscretion. Like the, do we need that? Or no. Cares. So See, I, listen, it, it's put on, you get the feeling early on that they are separating, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, they're not hiding anything. They're like, this is one last vacation as a family. You know, you got that you're sick. And I thought mom was like really, really sick. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, and listen, I understand like that's really hard on families. Incredibly so. So, mm-hmm. you know, things like that happen. Well, I just want everybody to be happy and maybe this is the easiest way. And I, I at least understand that. But, you know, why when we have mom who's now in her late 70s, <laughs> you know, talking about indiscretions? And I'm just like, why? Like, did, did we need this at all? I, again, I but is, is it a stab at – is it a, is it someone's attempt to be like, well, the kids want to know their parents. So maybe let's throw this in there. Just like at least the daughter's trying to understand her mother. You know what? Maybe I didn't think about that because they don't really grow up correctly. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. my point though is like 
the daughter is the only one with any kind of common sense. Even the even the brother is like doesn't use. But again, he's oh, he's six. Yeah, he's six the entire movie. He's six, which is weird because when they come out of the cave in the end, he's fifty. He's a fifty-year-old man. Yes. With yes. with with fifty-year-old sensibilities, like he's lived fifty years. That's he's what I mean. Of, like suddenly yeah. he grew up, and nobody else did. I don't. The, yeah. Now the whole thing is there, there's so many inconsistencies in this movie too that don't make any sense. But like that's one of the biggest ones is he's six when it matters. But then in the end, when he's 50, he's 50. You know, like he yeah. has a 50-year-old mind who's lived 50 years of experience. It doesn't make any sense. So that's just one of my huge things there. I'm shocked yeah. this movie didn't make sense. <laughs> well, I mean, M. Night Shyamalan's career started off so great with Unbreakable, you know, and, and Sixth Sense, and then Signs for the most – and that just – maybe he's just lost the ability to, like, surprise well, people. And remember, Split was the big comeback, right? Right. Like he had had a bunch of garbage in a row, like Lady in the Water and Devil and Hold on. Well Lady in the Water well, there was Lady in the Water, there was Devil. What was that? Oh, and then there was the one with the happening with Mark Wahlberg and Yeah, yeah, that was the other one where the oh, trees were killing everybody. That movie was fantastic. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Get out of here. That movie's a what movie's like a most of those like a lot of those are bad. <laughs> what? Yeah. No. So. Just bad. It's just and I, I understand like I can get I can understand the argument that there's some like emotional stuff going on here and like some psychological stuff. I get that, but like we didn't we didn't get enough of the of the smart stuff like that to like for 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 me to say, oh well, there's some pretty interesting things going on psychologically. I don't think there were, and I really don't appreciate. You remember the trailer when it, trailers that have fast cuts like that, like they they they, they take yep. out like two frames and then like so they're being chased by something in a cave. Which is actually, I don't want to say what it is, but when it turns out that's what it is, like, what the? I was yeah, so misled by this movie. Yeah. Jeez. Were you guys let down by the fact that that's what it was in the cave? I, I was waiting for something in the cave to be like a big secret, and it wasn't. <laughs> um, I didn't care either way. By, by that point, I didn't care. Yeah. By that point, um, I had that, forgotten about again, that. Though, really. It's just like when it does happen, I'm like, why? <laughs> Why is this? Why this? You, that's you it. know, I you know, I, I I did like the last ten minutes more than the entire movie. Really? I gotta I gotta say I, I I did appreciate the last ten minutes more than the first ninety minutes. Yeah, hmm. I really did, and that's and that's just, again that's my personal thing is, you know, I I don't want to say what happens, but that I think is the more enjoyable part because I mean, what you wanted to happen the whole time has happened. Like, my my real problem with this movie, my real problem, is it never gets above mediocre, ever. Like, it's mediocre from the start, it's mediocre at the finish. It never has its, like, oh, this could have been something better and just fails. It just never had it to start with, I don't think. Well, maybe Which, because we've seen the, we'd, we'd seen the trailer so many times. And I don't know how much of that is because we've seen the trailer and because I already knew going into it what it was and probably what the twist was going to be. You know, like how much of that plays into it? Uh, maybe it does. I guess I don't. I don't like, know. I mean, we haven't talked a lot about the plot because, like, I mean, for anyone who's still interested to see it, you should definitely see it. Which maybe we should move into scoring. And I, I mean, even I'll go first. And it's, I have a weird reasoning, but I'm going to give this a five, even though I don't think it earns a five. But I think all M Night Shyamalan movies are worth watching once. That may, maybe not a second time, but I think once is worth it. Do you mean just to see how you judge the twist? Yeah, because we all come to expect the big M. Night Shyamalan twist. Okay. And so, I mean, like, I didn't, I don't think we, you know, if you're judging what you think you know based on this discussion, you'd be wrong because there's a lot of stuff we did not even talk about. Sure. 
But I mean, so I have to give this a five because I still want you to see it, listener to this podcast or, or anyone who's interested in seeing it. You should still see it. But I mean, don't have these incredible expectations because every time I go to an M. Night Shyamalan movie, I'm expecting Unbreakable. I'm expecting Sixth Sense or Signs. I'm just not getting it. So maybe maybe it's my problem with expecting that, <laughs> but I don't know. Chris, you want to go ahead and go? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take a crack at it. So, I mean, I wanted this. This movie had an interesting premise, and I knew it was. I knew that there was going to be a twist. Of course, I knew what you know, kind of what to expect, just as the title and everything. But I wanted way more out of this movie for having to go to the theater, sit down, spend some money, watch this thing, and invest time and energy into it. This movie just. I think Roger said it best. It's never good. It's just kind of there. And I had a real, real problem with the, the actual, like the line delivery in this movie. It was preaching to you, not preaching, but it was just throwing exposition in your face. And, I agree. I agree with all that. Yeah. And bad lines. This movie, this movie is a three at, at best. What about you, Roger? Well, I'm not going to vary too much from Chris. And when I say it never really gets above mediocre, it, I don't think it does. Um, I, I think the idea is interesting, but the movie that we got is not very good. Um, I think because of that, I'm giving this movie a four. You know, if you like M. Night movies, maybe you should check this out. But he has other things that are better. He definitely has other things that are worse, so don't get me wrong on that. He has several movies that are way worse than this. But, I mean, out of the, the recent M. Night movies of Split and what's the what was the follow-up to Split? Glass. Glass, yeah. Um, Glass, which isn't very good either. It's still miles better than this movie to me. That's fair. Um, yeah, so, I, I think that's a fair assessment of the Well, listen, Split's movies, yeah. great. Glass yes. was a really big letdown coming off of Split. So I, we'll that, see. That well, see, here's, here's, here's – and this goes back to a previous discussion we had about me not liking them very much, Split very much. But well, Split, I wonder because McAvoy is so good. McAvoy is one of the best young men. Oh, he's incredible in that movie, but too. That's the thing. Is like, it was Split great because of McAvoy, or was it great because it was a good, it was a well-crafted, well-written script slash movie? I think a combination of those Probably two both, fair. yeah. I think, I think the script gives McAvoy the ability to be incredible, and McAvoy gives himself the ability to act that script out better than anybody else could. You understand I th- that? I think you're probably right. So, but it's got to be a split. You're 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 giving credit here. Split. I, I get it. To a couple of different things for split. But I think you're right about that. And I just thought about that last night when thinking about this. Thinking about old is thinking about split. But yeah, I think that's a fair to say that McAvoy really brought his own styling and great stylings to that movie. Yeah. So I'm I mean, okay with that. So we had. Is this then part of M Night's? Is he still on the rise, or would you say this one he's starting to plateau and flatline well this is back-to-back things that weren't great i mean so i mean we gave it a three and a four and a five three four and a five well i i want to be clear i my original score was a four but i I felt like i had to give it a five because i don't want to steer anyone away who likes the m night Shyamalan movies you should go watch it the twist is somewhat okay the ending is okay i guess but it's never good it's never like i was never like riveted I was very bored. Yeah, I that's was... the thing. It never, it never, I never felt sucked into this movie. I never cared about these characters enough to be like, oh my god. <laughs> and I can always tell how I'm taking a movie by how by my posture. If I'm like, like hunched over back in my seat with with my legs like out as far as they'll go, I'm bored. 
you know, if, if, if I'm sitting up, then I'm really enjoying the movie. That's what I've noticed about myself. And I, you mean, during, you didn't audibly clap during this film. No, I have in the past. But, <laughs> I have in the past, but no, I, unfortunately I did not, but it's just one of those things. You know, I, I wish it was a little better than it was, but I think this is M night showing his true colors. So mm. I just want to be, fair. I want to be very clear about that. I mean, M. Night, I just expect more from you. So if you're listening to this podcast and you want to come on and talk about it, feel free to send us an email. Grayson Maxwell's disappointed in you, Evan. What do you think about that? Let's move to surprisingly. Grayson Maxwell. Yeah, that's what he said. (laughs) (laughs) So let's let's move to. Sorry. Let's move. I'll laugh about that the rest of the night. Good. What's what's the what's the show he's doing now with um Anna Taylor Joy? Uh, it's just season three. It's in Philly. I, f- I forget what it's called, but he's doing anyway. I, I just turned down two weeks ago and offered to go work on that. So maybe he oh, would have. Man, you could have talked shit to his face. <laughs> maybe he would have. <laughs> maybe he would have known who I was at that point. But anyway, so anyway, let's talk about the surprising movie of the week for me between these two movies, which I I it's not asking for much. Is Snake Eyes. With the original title being Snake Eyes colon G.I. Joe Origins. Why do you think they did away with the G.I. Joe Origins part of it? Well, I don't think – well, I don't know if they really did because uh, the, the title card in the beginning still yeah, has it, still has it in it. the bottom corner. Okay. And it had it at the end credits too, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it was just too confusing for people. Man, All maybe, right. Maybe. Now – Listen, this is a G.I. Joe movie. I want to get everybody – you know, I want everybody to understand that it definitely well, is that thing. Well, see, this is what I, but like, I'm, I'm going to rely. I, I have a couple questions for you, Rogers. I didn't look up, but I wanted to ask you because okay. you, you are. I, I got some Joe lore. Yeah, I, I know you're pretty heavy with the Joe lore, so I wanted to ask you about that. But so this was directed by Robert Schwenty. I did pronounce that wrong. I'm sorry. And it, it obviously came out recently. And here's a question I have before we talk about the movie: is if this movie never came out, does that change our our take on the GI Joe franchise? <laughs> Oh no, but well, hold on. I don't know if that's a fair question. Cuz if you talk about the recent GI Joe movies, okay? Recent as in like years and years ago. Well, yeah, I mean what's well, been 10 years, right? Well, for some I think one came more recently than that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what was the first one that had um Channing Tatum, Channing Tatum and Marlon Wayans? Well, there's GI Joe Retaliation. Okay, then, that's the second one. And then there's that's Rise the one of with the Rock. And then there's Rise of Cobra which had JGL. Right? Yeah, so Rise of Cobra is the first one then. Okay. Okay, yeah. That one is kind of okay. I mean, it's it's wacky, out there, over the top. I mean, the Eiffel Tower gets burnt down by, like, weird acid nanites. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> cool. Um, and then in the second one, they take most of the, the, the groundwork they laid and was like, hey, The Rock wants to be in this movie, kill everybody else. <laughs> you guys remember that? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like they set it up that you know him and Channing Tatum were like buds and bros, and like they were finally working together. They they had gotten them into this, you know, the elite Joe Force or whatever, and then all of a sudden they get hit by like a precision airstrike from Call of Duty, and they're all dead. <laughs> all dead. Like, that was it, and like that part of that story went away, and then it was just The Rock beating the shit out of people, which I'm okay with, mm-hmm, but. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They had a chance to make like something there, and then they didn't. So I think this is their way of saying, "Hey, all that other crap never happened before." Like this is, in my mind, is supposed to be their reset going okay. forward. Okay, I was gonna say, you, you think you think this is their big reset? Then I do. Oh, I, I, I very much believe it's a reset. Yeah, 
Um, and that's and I'm okay with that because listen, you can't have GI Joe without Snake Eyes. He's the one thing that go has been through every GI Joe thing that they've ever done, right? Except he doesn't talk. Ever. Oh, okay. And this one he talks ever. a lot. Well, he's not a Joe yet. Ah, yes. Okay, yeah, he's not a Joe until the end. So, so yeah, I I don't know where they'll go with that if there is any more of this and. I don't know, right? I don't. I, I watched this movie. I seen the money that it made. Do you think they make another GI Joe movie? It's not doing maybe, well in the box not. office. But here's the thing: like, I like Henry Golding. I think he does fine, right? Like, it's, oh, I thought I thought Henry Golding was going to be a problem with this movie, but he is. If there's a problem, he's not the problem. No, no, the movie's got its own problems. You know, like the story. Um, yeah, I yeah. was actually very surprised with Henry Golding. To be honest, but here's the thing: worldwide, to, to, at the, as of the recording of this episode, two weeks in the in the theater, it's only done 28 million worldwide. Yeah, yeah that's that's a oof, that's a groan. So, so I assume it hasn't hit the Asian market yet. That's all I can think of in that case, because it would have done more money than that. But like Henry Golding's serviceable. The story here is okay, weird, but okay. Um, like it's mostly believable until we get this weird nuclear space rock. Yeah. Right? Like, is it, isn't most of it believable until that yeah. point? Like, and then once we get to the space rock thing, things go a little bit sideways. I gave this movie a lot, like, so much credit that it didn't deserve. I was like, maybe the whole space rock thing is just a symbolism for family. Or, like, it wasn't actually going to be real. Like, no, just, it's, they it's, didn't actually have a nuclear space rock. Well, I was fucking so wrong. I had, I had an idea for a while. Okay. And... I realize that it's it's it will sound weird, but I think you guys understand since you watched the movie. I thought the the sun thing they were talking about. I thought it was going to be the sword that he gave him. You understand? Oh, okay. What I mean? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be like something special, and it would end up it was going to be it was there's nothing in the vault. It was actually his sword, like is him being part of this clan. Like that was mm-hmm. the big deal. Like yeah. now you're part of the protector. This is your gift. I thought that was a thing until it's actually a fucking glowing space rock and <laughs> that you can shoot fire out of. Not shoot fire out of, will fire into existence. There's a difference. Mm. Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. Shoot out of it. Yeah, it just, it's, it's just a weird space rock that you can dominate with. Yeah. I get that. I, I understand that. But, I mean, there's also a part of this movie that has some heft, some weight to it. And, like, a lot of the sword play isn't bad. No, listen, it, so my greatest compliment to this movie, because this movie's not that good, it is a decent action flick. And I think that's high praise. No, I agree. agree. And you can tell they definitely put some money into this, too. Yes. Which is always yeah. nice. Somebody lost money here. <laughs> well, again, <laughs> when, when, it, when it hits the Asian market, we'll see who actually lost money. Yeah, we'll but... see where, yeah, where the real, real money is going to come from. But yeah, I mean, listen, the fight choreography is okay. Um, the acting is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the story is the weakest part, obviously, because it just gets too weird. Okay, if it just could have been so, the base the base behind the story is Snake Eyes is basically a double agent. Um, I won't give away the the main plot driver, but just know that he's a double agent. And well, I mean, it, it's not like you're, it, you know that basically the entire time, though. Sure. Well, yes, of course. Yeah. Um, but if if there wasn't a weird space rock and he was just like, listen, these are the bad guys and they're really running guns. And then the whole thing with his dad, how he actually worked for the guy that killed his dad actually worked for Cobra. I'd have been okay with that being the turning point. Yeah. 100%. Like 
you, you could have had a that just as impactful of a movie without the weird space rock. <laughs> and I think that that really takes away any sort of like realism in the story. Okay. Yeah. Now, mind you, you have to suspend belief because this is a GI Joe movie. Yeah. But up until that point, nothing was like supernatural or out of control. Crazy. Yeah. A little high tech. Okay. Well, a little over the top, you know, fight scenes. Okay. Giant, whatever. Giant mystical anacondas though. Yeah. Though, I mean, look, those were a little weird, but again, <laughs> but here's the thing. Like I can, I can, I can work through that. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, I, I didn't find that too egregious, actually. Yeah, that, when I look at all the things I have to say about the movie, that doesn't actually bother me. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I agree with that, but it's a, and I also don't mind the cast. The cast I thought was all pretty serviceable. Yeah, uh, of course, Henry, Henry Golding is the he's the title title card. Snake um, eyes, Snake Eyes, and Andrew Koji is Tommy, um, Haruka Abe as Akiko. Um, and then I'm not going to be able to pronounce this. Tekahiro Hira actually did pretty well as Kenta. Uh, and I love. You don't know that you did <laughs> well, Tekahiro. Oh, I, I I don't, but it's. <laughs> it's uh, and then Peter Mensa, which he's the as the blind master. I actually really loved him as a blind master. Yeah, I thought he okay. was great. And Ursula Corbero as Baroness, which I love. Samara Weaving as Scarlet. Um, I was so like I sat there for like ten minutes like. Who is that? Yeah, it's Samara Weaving. Who is that woman? Hmm. It was Samara Weaving. <laughs> it was. It's, and I kept thinking to myself, the Kenta. I was like, is that? I kept thinking, is that Ken Watanabe? Just a little more aged than I thought he was going to be. Then, like, no. I was like, no, no, that's not. That's not Ken Watanabe. Um, it's yeah. the, it's it's the discount Ken Watanabe. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I mean, look, he's one of the best actors over in that market right now, hands down. So, and he's been in some great films. Uh, he's been up for some Oscars, um, yeah. So I, the thing about this movie is, I, I can't. I, I went in there expecting nothing, and I came out like pleasantly surprised. And I think you're right about Roger. How if they would have just tuned the story a little bit, um, the snakes reminded me of King Arthur. Remember that giant snake that comes out of nowhere in the end of that movie? Yeah. Just, well, that movie's really bad too. Just to kill Vortigern. I love um, that movie. Of course you do. Well, that's a King Arthur movie made by Guy Ritchie, hundred percent. Like hundred percent, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, that's one that has Clive Owen in it, right? No, no. God, oh. no. There's a new one with Charlie oh. Hunnam and. Yeah, oh, I haven't seen that one. Then no, yeah, hold it in context. It's real bad. <laughs> um, it's just one of those things. Which see, this is that great that 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 middle ground. I always talk about how like this movie might not be great, but it wasn't terrible. It had some cool things going on. So it's got the thing, and I hate when I have to adjust scores in my brain like this. So this movie, I was really expecting it to be just atrocious. Yeah, like yeah, a right. two. And yeah. it's not. Now listen, it's not great, but at no point it was like, this movie is awful. I never felt that way. And I think that that makes me happy. <laughs> well, it does. And, and, and you know what I thought about as this movie was over was Mortal Kombat. Also, very recently, of it wasn't great, but it was a Mortal Kombat movie in a Mortal Kombat universe, and I appreciate that. Well, same, with, same with this movie. I don't want to spoil my score by any means, but I think this movie is better than Mortal Kombat. I would agree with you. I would one hundred percent agree with you on that. As a standalone movie by itself, I mean, and you take the Mortal Kombat out of Mortal Kombat and just make it a standalone movie by itself, one hundred percent agree with that. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, I didn't want to think. I was like, God, I got worried you, there for a second. I was like, shit, does he think Mortal Kombat is better than this? I think well, 
No. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean that I mean that wholeheartedly, though. Mortal Kombat, the Mortal Kombat movie being what it is, and understanding how campy it's supposed to be, yeah, and it being that movie, but it works in that movie. Yeah, that's okay. But if you take all that away and you just take the quality of that film and compare it to the quality of this film in all aspects, oh, this movie blows that thing out of the goddamn sure. water. Absolutely, absolutely, it does. Uh, I, I like it. It doesn't. So the earlier uh, the aforementioned GI Joe movies, uh, Rise of Cobra and what's the other, uh, Retaliation, mm-hmm. they they feel like the equivalent of a game, or like you remember when the Rock is just walking down and fast, just shooting a minigun. Like it feels that those feel that ridiculous. When this movie didn't, it had more of a grounded feel to it. You until the space about? rock, uh, well, I, I guess until the space rock, but it had more of like a. Like, I believed all the sword fight. Like, I believed when some of those guys were surrounded by, you know, 30 henchmen that they got out of it because they were good at what they did. And they would be. Like, I believe that. When watching the other G.I. Joe movies, it's like watching a fast movie. It's complete ridiculous. Like, you had so much going on in those movies. It was just, my God, they were, I mean, not great. And it's just, but this one had more of a, I keep saying, heftier feel to it. But do you guys understand what I'm talking about when I say it, it had a weightier, meatier feel to it? Yeah, sure. I do. And Roger, you uh, being you being the resident GI Joe guy, at least out of us three, were you happy with this movie? So I I am, um, but I look at it honestly as if this is the beginning of a new set of GI Joe movies, I'm completely okay with it. The groundwork, you know, it lays Snake Eyes, gives you a real Snake Eyes story, you know, that can is at least somewhat believable um, in the GI Joe realm. It introduces Scarlet, who is an integral part of G.I. Joe. It talks about actual G.I. Joe himself, Joe Colton, um, which is where the name came from. And, like, I'm okay with this. Now, I'm worried that it's not going to make enough money, and this is where this thing goes to die. But mm-hmm. with the star power that you have for the two, which would be two main people going forward, which is Henry Golding and Samara Weaving, that's okay. Like, they are perfectly good players to take a franchise like that and move it forward. But, I mean, you're fr- when it hits the Asian market, this could do another 50 to 70 to 100. It could do another like, – I assume it's got 100 million in its tank. Yeah, and I don't – I mean – but I don't so, know if that's good or bad for this movie. I don't know what they were looking for with it. But then again, I would assume Golding and Weaving have already been paid for two. Well, that's the thing. To have them two in this movie, period, and I'm assuming Tommy is also in the in the future plans in the lady that played Baroness. Okay. Well, yeah, but like they've they've, they've, they've already been they've already been paid for at least if they are planning a trilogy, which more than I'm likely assuming. these days was is 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 a likely yeah, I'm response. Assuming it's a trilogy. Then they okay. were they were absolutely already paid for two of the three. So maybe so we're going to get a second movie. I would imagine you're right about that. I, I hope it is. A little bit better than this with a better, like a slightly better story. But what I really worry about at this point is because they went a little bit too over the top with like the weird laser rock thing, um, that most things we're going to get going forward in this will be built around things like weird laser rocks. <laughs> uh, that I could see why that's a worry to you. Um, that's also because that thing was just so out of like the movie because fell grounded until, until it, yeah, no, 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 not at all. I mean, yeah, I just I would have preferred them just that was their way in that they had been betrayed and then there was just a, a fight to retake the castle well, from the Joes. I, I have a real a real serious question. 
Now, obviously, they want to use it as some sort of energy source, but why couldn't it just been some giant ruby worth a lot of money? Okay, well, I mean, true. that could, and that would have fit but in. Doesn't it work like, hey, listen, we get this. This will fund our project for however long. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that could have worked. It could have worked. I don't, and I, I also did think it was going to be the sword because they call the sword, what, the sun something? Yeah. Something light, right? The son of light, or yeah, something yeah, that's not, yeah, just gonna be the sword, but. That's how much I paid attention to the sword. <laughs> I don't know the name of it. But no, I, I, I it definitely could have been something. So. It's I hope we get another one, only because it's better than the other two, I think. Or at least it's more enjoyable in a real way than the other two. In which case, I'm, I'm okay. I mean, I like Golding. I like Samara Weaving. I like the, the, the guy who played Tommy and the girl who played. Baroness, I think they're very serviceable in a G.I. Joe universe. Yeah. More than Channing Tatum was. <laughs> but you know what, though? I, I, I feel wrong. I'm going to say something that might sound a little bit weird. I think Channing Tatum was a good person to build G.I. Joe around. Well, Ch- well, and then Ch- they killed him. Channing was young, though, right? Like, well, like He's not that old yet. Well, yeah, you know, but I mean, like, you know he's like still got all the career. <laughs> all that. <laughs> yeah, true. So. I mean, it, yeah, it's one. Of, it's just one of those things that but again, if we don't get another one, this movie is so ill-placed. It's just such a weird place because then we just we had another G.I. Joe movie seven years after the other ones, and that was it. An origin yeah, story, no, no, no less. Not, right, not even, not even a sequel. for a character we may never see again. Yeah, it's just it's a weird So you'd think they would have already, you know, the studio would have planned for something like, okay, what if it doesn't perform gangbusters and it just does okay? You'd think they'd already have a they wouldn't have gone through with this one unless they had, okay, well, we're gonna do two. Regardless, and if they don't do well, then then they don't do well. But sure. So I mean, I guess it could go either way. I mean, did but, you have any major disappointments? Like, or any any any? Did you think about some scenes that were supposed to be taken better than you gave them? No, because I mean, the movie plays exactly like you think it's going to play. It's never overly emotional. When it gets a little bit emotionally talking about the family story, it's there. Um, but that's really it. There's no real world stakes. Besides people almost dying. Well, so like they take the whole, they take the entire world out of this, and like it happens so isolated most of the time that yep. there's no, you know, there's there's something at stake here besides the characters that we're given because it's, it's everything involves them. Even when they leave the compound, they're it doesn't feel like they even leave. Sure. It's funny because in the beginning, I didn't even realize that. I didn't even realize they were in L.A. until the LAPD pull up and like, LAPD. I'm like, what? They were in L.A.? That was a bunch of Japanese stuff. Yeah, I said like L.A. Harbor. Yeah, at the beginning. Yeah, it's just weird they all had swords in Los Angeles. Uh, they're the Yakuza, you insensitive tool. I understand wow. that, but it's, it, it's, it, seems like, <laughs> it seems like those would be hard to, to just walk around with in the United States. But again, what, 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 what do I know? What do I know? I mean, fish docks, it ain't. Yeah, right. The, fish dock. the, the Yakuza controlled, controlled fish docks. They don't seem to care. And... and <laughs> And now that I'm thinking about the beginning, that was a little bit of a, that's a little bit of a hard sell. That beginning too of how they have those two get out of that situation with. You know what? I did laugh when the the semi truck had all the swords sticking out of it. <laughs> yeah, I did, I, well, it like, like, listen, it's over the top and dumb, but it was like, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Well, like, and like when they wreck it at the very end, you think, well, they got jostled. They're all dead, right? Like, <laughs> or their faces that's are really definitely gone. in his. That, that sword is definitely in his ribs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, there's no way they survive that. But then again, a G.I. Joe movie in a G.I. Joe world, then of course they survive it. Why not? Yeah, Yo, sure. Yo, Joe. G.I. Joe. I mean, I, I didn't really, I didn't really uh, love the music. I didn't think it was anything of note. 
Um, again, yeah. I was expecting an emotional scene, didn't get it. I'm glad they didn't do the weird like, re- like romance relationship between any of them. Yep. I was, no, I was, no. I'm glad that wasn't a thing. Yeah, good on them for that. For well, sure. I mean, like, of course I want it, but as the movie was going on, I'm like, ah, eh, this isn't that movie. So I was like, I'm glad we didn't good. get that. I'm glad you realize you don't have to have that in every film. <laughs> just, just nine out of every ten. Uh, I like Golding though, and I think that's a big takeaway: is Golding did a he did a good job. Well, I, I did some reading about this. Apparently, he did he tried to do some of his own stunts for this movie, like put in the actual work. Yeah, he yeah. Uh, he lost about fifteen pounds, you know. So he some commitment to the character to make sure. I mean, listen, he wasn't in bad shape to start with, but yeah. to make sure that hey, you know, in a fight scene that I don't look like a complete tool, and I appreciate things like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it adds to the, it adds to you buying the character as the character. Yes, buying absolutely. The, yeah, buying the actor as the character. Sure, sure. So it doesn't cut away from him, who's normal build, to a guy that's obviously a stunt guy who works out ten hours a day, yeah. fighting, and then, <laughs> goes, and then it cuts back to him when the fight's over. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying about that. Um, I appreciate some of the what I hope is authentic Japan, like in the in the woods, those cemeteries, and I, I appreciate that because I mean. I, I don't know if that's how accurate that is, but it looks like it might be somewhat accurate. Hmm. Some of the yeah, so some of the stage design, the set design, I appreciate that. I like I like the the old world Japan stuff mixed in with the modern day. I, I thought that was kind of cool. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I really so I really enjoyed this movie more than I think we probably should have. But I mean, then again, I, I didn't love it, but I was surprisingly. It's one of those I was expecting it too. I got much higher. Yeah. Pleasantly surprised that you enjoyed the movie more than you did. Yeah. It's the same for me, and I think Roger said the same thing earlier. So that, that makes complete sense. But of the two movies, I expected to like old more. And this, I was like, ah, do I really have to watch Snake Eyes? And then like I left, like I'm actually really glad I watched Snake Eyes. I really enjoyed yep. it. Right, and that's important. So okay, if we're gonna move to score, who would like to go first? I'll go since I, I spoke through most of this. Um, so I think this movie's a five. Um, I thought about five and a half for a while. Um, but it's, it is going to fall to five for me. Listen, this movie's about average. Um, and I'm giving it a little bit more of a bump because I liked it. Um, it's overall, listen, there's nothing that stands out of this movie. That's fantastic. Okay. Um, it's much like old where it never got above mediocre. Mm-hmm. This movie stayed right at the average line and never really went below that, which I was really impressed with. Cause I expected to be like, Oh, this is okay. This is okay. And then garbage. Yep. It never really happened. Um, I would be happy to see where they take this in a couple of years from now in the future. Um, or they just, but I, I don't know if it made enough money to do that. I hope it did. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I like the, I like the mains as the characters they played. I thought it was perfectly fine. It's yeah, a I, serviceable movie. I'd be, I'd be wonderfully willing to go see another one of these if, if, if it gets made. Yeah. I was I reluctant to see this one. I'll be happy to see a second one. Yep. I agree. Chris, you want to go next? Uh, yeah, sure. So like, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll echo a little bit of Roger. Um, Enjoyed this movie way more than I thought. I was really expecting to just hate my life, kind of like I did with old with this movie. Uh, action scenes are good. Like you said, the fight choreography, I agree with everything you said with that. The story was a little, yeah, but I mean, story's I wasn't there. Weak. Story's the weakest part. Yep, I wasn't there for that space rock kind of like tunnels it for me. <laughs> but I mean, characters were, at, were were even okay. And it was just, the movie had fun. I, I'm going to give this one a straight five. This is a This is a five for me. I'm giving it a five. We all gave it a straight five. That's interesting. Hey, I, we haven't right. been on the same page in a long time, but 
are the exact same page, usually within a point of each other. But... This is a happy, surprising five instead of a very disappointing fives across the board. I yeah. I agree. It, it's it's when it wants to be fun, it is. I th- I think it's kind of a of a slow moving, boring movie. Well, I I didn't bring up one. Here's one negative thing I want to say about this movie. This movie's two hours long. It is mm-hmm. every bit of two hours too. It's. It doesn't need to be that long, but then I, you know, as I as I rethink the scenes in my head, I don't know where you really cut it out and save space. But I'm sure they could have cut ten minutes off of this movie. Well, yeah. maybe, maybe some of the snake stuff could have gone like some of those giant serpents. Yeah, but that's the crux of the the movie in the end. Yeah, yeah, I get, I get I, that. I get it. So uh, I do want to ask you, Grace, and you you scored. You scored a movie you didn't enjoy a five, and then you scored this a five too. Well, see, like, if you're, I mean, I didn't. No, I don't think old deserved a five, but I don't want someone to not go see it because I gave it a four. Because five is the we can recommend it. I can't yeah, recommend. I can't recommend a four to anyone but like that hardcore audience. But like, I want again. I think M Night Shyamalan movies are an experience, at least somewhat still, and I believe that's where they sit. So I don't. The lowest I'm ever going to give an M Night movie on a scale like this is a five. That's we, not true. If we had to do Lady in the Water today, you'd give it a two. Uh, but we but, two. but we don't have to give. We don't have to talk about Lady in the Water. So we can. I want to talk about it next week. <laughs> um, <laughs> if I did that. I still am one of those people that I get excited for the M Night twist when I own M Night movie comes out, and I don't know how many people are left like that because we've been burned so many times. <laughs> because we're running out of twists that I'm going to care about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like okay, twist. He's been dead. He's dead the whole movie. Done. That was a good twist. I know. One of the best twists ever. Uh, so, I mean, Unbreakable, I thought, was pretty great, too. The whole yeah. good and evil thing, and he's sure. actually, the, he's actually the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm very happy to give G.I. Joe a five, and I can recommend it. Again, we're not saying this movie's going to win Oscars, but it's fun, and that matters. That has to matter. It for, does matter. For so many of these movies, it has to matter. Because without that conversation, most of these movies just suck. And that's a problem for me because I don't want them to suck. True. So maybe I'm being more generous than I than I. I mean, and I I, I imagine in a, and in hindsight when I watch this movie again, I'm like, God, the movie's a three. What was I what was I thinking? But I I think I, I think you'll say the same uh, something similar about old if you rewatch it. Yeah, fair. I mean, that's that's not that's fair. I guess that, that, that one's is tough. fair. So Chris, <laughs> I wanted to ask you because now we're now we're getting you know it's been almost two years, but we're getting theatrical releases rolling out. Are you ever going to invest in AMC A-list? Uh, I go see more movies at the Highlands because I work there. So like, I go, I go to Marquee more. If I could consistently make the trip to AMC, I think I, I think I will. But a lot of convenience factor goes into me even being able to watch these movies. That's fair. Like that. I, I, I don't know. If, time constraints. I don't know if Marquee has any kind of. They don't. Well, l- l- let me put it this way. If if I could if I could go to AMC's theater, hundred percent I would invest in that. It it you'd be, I'd be dumb not to. It, it's a great value. I just don't think I would get the value out of it. That's fair. That's fair. I yeah. just always wonder because we were now you know every every at least one a week if not two. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah. I would, I'm surprised that there are still some theater chains that don't have rewards programs, but I think we're long into the days when that can't happen, and I just don't. It's it's unacceptable to me to to not have it. Gotcha. Because everyone else does. Yeah. Uh, all right. This has been episode 237 of For the Love of Cinema. 
Each new episode posts every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. on the podcast service of your choice of the following five. iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. But more importantly, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show on Twitter, at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. I'm Christopher Bond. You are indeed. Don't forget to check out the page on Facebook for the Love of Cinema and check us out on YouTube. We are still there. And send us an email to for the Love of Cinema Podcast at gmail.com. And next week, we're taking a look at Jungle Cruise and Green Knight. And I'm sure many people are like, what the hell is Green Knight? <laughs> what the hell is Green Knight? <laughs>